With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You thought the chaos was over? Nah. We back, y'all. Let's take flight. Let's go. And welcome back, y'all, to the Chaotic Sports Podcast right here on the Grid Network. I am your host, exclusive content creator and executive producer, Patrick Brown. And thank you so much for taking time out of your day, evening, wherever you may be tonight to listen to the Chaotic Sports Podcast. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. I greatly appreciate you. Be sure to subscribe to the Grid Network on your podcasting platform also check us out on youtube as well the the network is expanding y'all so make sure you tap in hit that like button share comment do what you got to do to support the brand we've got a lot of stuff coming y'all and this is just the beginning of it um i've been away for a little while but i am back for a little while so we're gonna go ahead and dive into tonight's episode which is simply titled NFL QB chaos. A lot going on with the quarterbacks. Uh, we've got Aaron Rodgers. What's he going to do? Uh, Derek Carr's a free agent. Uh, I may have an idea where he may go. We've got the guys in Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. They're going to get their bags here soon. Uh, Lamar Jackson, where's he going to go? Because he's his own representation. Uh, Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts. Carson Wentz, I mean, we've got a lot of quarterback talk for tonight. And then I'll end the show with a non-NFL topic in the whole John Morant situation. I have a lot to say about Mr. Morant and his behavior and the detrimental conduct that has caused his team in the NBA to kind of sit back and say, we're going to put you in a little timeout, but more on that later. I'll also discuss my my hiatus. You know, it's been I think my last podcast I done was right right after Christmas, somewhere up in there. But 
y'all it, it's been a long time coming and um i'm just glad to be back with y'all for a little bit you know a little bit of you know kind of therapy for me to get some sports talk out of the way and a lot's happened we've had the super bowl congratulations to the chiefs tom brady retired lebron james passes kareem abdul jabbar for the all-time scoring leader it's march madness of course that's here the nba uh, season and its final stretch who's in who's out but my favorite sport to talk about the nfl and the quarterback so let's go ahead and get the show started with the unpredictable aaron Rodgers. as you all know he came out of this little darkness treatment that he does you know i guess he was out in the forest somewhere doing some psychedelic drugs in the dark and with aaron Rodgers, just any and everything but on the football side of things i want to point out that aaron Rodgers is holding the green bay packers hostage right now this is the i'm gonna say the second or third time around he's pulled this stunt of distancing himself from the franchise and ghosting everyone and whatnot but I want to point something out that a lot of people are forgetting maybe some are overlooking it because we're so infatuated with you know him being the greatest thrower of the football and the most the greatest thrower of the football we've ever seen and yada yada yay I'm here to remind you what has Aaron Rodgers done for the Green Bay Packers lately Let's see here. Let's go back to 2020. They have the number one seed, and they are hosting the NFC Championship game. Mind you, Aaron Rodgers wins MVP in 2020, I believe. Then he turned around and won it again in 2021. But 2020 to be exact, they're hosting the NFC Championship game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Aaron Rodgers had always said he wanted to have the NFC run through Green Bay. That way he don't have to travel and teams could play in his elements for a change. Well, that that guy down in Tampa Bay at one point in time, you might have heard of him. Uh, Tom Brady? Yeah, Tom Brady, the the the, the cyborg, the, the GOAT quarterback, came into Lambeau Field and led Tampa Bay to a victory over the Packers in which they won the Super Bowl two weeks later in Tampa over the Kansas City Chiefs. Aaron Rodgers stunk that game, if I'm not mistaken. He was mediocre at best. For a quarterback who everyone adores, the media loves because he can manipulate them into believing anything he says. What was the biggest question mark going into the following season? Is Aaron Rodgers still a productive player? Is he in decline? Well, to tell you what the Green Bay Packers thought about Aaron Rodgers, they drafted Jordan Love in 2020 because he had contemplated retirement and this, that, and the third. Well, the Packers, doing what they felt was best for the franchise, they drafted Jordan Love, and Aaron Rodgers kind of threw a little pity fit. Mind you, they were just coming off of an NFC Championship game the season before, 2019, in which they lost to the 49ers. 
They go into the draft. It's a pandemic year. And Aaron Rodgers is contemplating retirement. Now, if I'm in the Packers front office, I would have consulted Aaron. Like, what what are you what are you gonna do? Cause we need to, you know, think about our next move. If you're contemplating retirement or you think you got another year and you let us know. But they took the quarterback without Aaron's acknowledgement and, you know, his stamp of approval. And there was a strain between quarterback and the front office. Now, fast forward to, you know, 2021, the Packers have the number one seed again in the NFC. They win the NFC North. They host a home playoff game, a division around game against the San Francisco 49ers. The Green Bay Packers only put up seven points offensively. The three points they had came off of a Mason Crosby field goal in frigid conditions in the snow. Mind you, the San Francisco 49ers were the hottest team the second half of the season once they started rolling after getting out to a slow start and marched their way to Dallas and beat my Cowboys in dramatic fashion. They go to Green Bay and win in a walk-off field goal over the Packers. They, lo- they lose the NFC Championship game to division rival uh, LA Rams. And we're starting to ask ourselves about Aaron Rodgers. Now, there was a little bit of controversy through the 2021 season or, you know, during that training camp or whatnot. He had told everybody he was immunized. Now, someone that did not take the, the vaccination... I'm not going to say, well, if, if you're right or wrong, that's you're, you're entitled to your opinion and your choice to take it or not. But Aaron Rodgers kind of, you know, he sidestepped all that and lied to the media through his teeth. But it wasn't until, I think, late October-ish when he had a Halloween party full of guests and it was reported that that following Monday I believe they said yeah Aaron Rodgers test positive for COVID-19 well isn't that just a change of events for a franchise that it was rolling at the time and their best player was not going to be available for a couple games now Jordan Love comes to the picture and it was little to be desired because we were not sure what we were going to get. And I think they play, he played that one game against Kansas City. And it was it was pretty bad. He didn't look like he was well prepared. So Aaron Rodgers returns. A little sluggish. From you know the whole you know taking you know quarantine and all that. And I remember everybody saying that Aaron Rodgers let his team down. Yes he let his team down by being selfish. And there was a lot of speculation that this team was not going to go real far because they have had it at wit's end with Aaron Rodgers. Now, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you say, well, I'm, you know, the back-to-back league MVP. I'm the, the greatest thrower of the football, the greatest, you know, extender of the play that anybody's ever seen. He's built his reputation off of being that individual, but... What do we know about Aaron Rodgers? He's not a leader. He didn't even have the audacity to build a rapport with his receivers this past season going into training camp. If you're the quarterback and you got new guys coming to the team and they do not know the playbook, 
that's your job as a quarterback is to get with those guys and say, hey, this is this is what we do. This is how we're going to run certain sets. You know, this is what I need you to do in certain coverages and, and whatnot. Oh, no. Not Aaron Rodgers. Mr. Mr. Immunizing, I'm I'm not gonna do that because that's not me. I'm I'm a veteran. They they need to respect me. Well, Aaron, if you're going to be a leader, that's what you have to do. You have to do the stuff that they're paying you to do. Win vo- football games, deal with the media, and be a role model citizen. Now, on the flip side of that, the joke is on the front office for this whole this whole thing the joke is on them because number one Aaron held him hostage he manipulated him and he uses the media as as a as a uh, shield to get what he wants I believe his salary for this year is rough I think roughly 50 million it could be 60 but in this new deal that he signed it's basically year by year three years 150 million and I think the last year is is an option of some sort. But if the Packers were to trade him, that dead cap hit for 2024 would be astronomical to a point that they wouldn't be able to, to do anything free agent-wise unless they restructured quite a few contracts. That's pretty bad, in all honesty. You hear the saying... You pay a quarterback X amount of money, you can't build a team around him. Well, they had Devontae Adams. Devontae left and went to join his former quarterback slash college teammate, Derek Carr, in Vegas. Now, do you think that Devontae was going to sign long-term with the Packers not knowing if Aaron Rodgers was going to be under center? What was uh, Devontae to do? He did what was best for him. The Packers. Going into the 2022 season, it was a lot of question marks. Defense was decent. Offensive line, decent. We still got Aaron Rodgers. We, we still have we still have the we get a top top 10 quarterback in the league. He's gonna do it all. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to remind you. The Detroit Lions beat them the last game of the regular season to keep them out of the playoffs. In a game in which if Green Bay had won, they were in due to the tiebreakers. Now, for the sake of argument, the Green Bay Packers, the last three years, have stunk it up in the postseason. 2020, 2021, and this past season of 2022, which was game number 17, the last game of the regular season, which was a primetime game against division rival Detroit. The Packers find themselves in this predicament once again. Aaron Rodgers returns from his darkness treatment. We're all sitting back waiting. But as you probably heard from Aaron Jones, the star running back, undisputed during their Super Bowl show, that everybody loves Jordan Love. They love him. The kid is coachable. He's likable. And he's shown leadership skills. He's at a point right now where he's going into his fourth year. He's only played, started maybe, yeah, a game. Yeah, two, he's played two games. And the mop-up game he had against Philadelphia, he looked pretty good. You say to yourself, okay, we got our quarterback of the future. We've got, we've got something in Jordan Love. He's, 
He's someone that we want in our locker room. But the footsteps in the dark with Aaron Rodgers is reminding everyone, hey, don't forget about me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the two, I'm the four-time league MVP. Uh, I got all these accolades on my record. Uh, are you sure you want to go with this kid? If I'm the Green Bay Packers, yes, we'll keep you around for one more year, and then after next year, we can try to trade you. Because if truth be told. I think they want to trade Aaron Rodgers, but they can't because of the astronomical cap hit that they're going to endure. This is why the Packers, three years ago, should have moved on from Aaron Rodgers instead of keeping him. You draft the quarterback in the first round in Jordan Love. You probably play Aaron one more year and then you blow the team up. You could have got mega, mega value uh, premium picks from a team out there that is was a quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl. At this particular junction, uh, whoever acquires Aaron Rodgers is going to have to give up their present, give mortgage their present in order to win now, mortgage the future to win now. As sadly as that sounds, there's teams that may kind of back away from that because they don't want to deal with the diva-like persona that comes with Aaron Rodgers. They don't want to have to deal with the media deflate blaming that he does. And they don't have to deal with his shenanigans during training camp of not building rapports with his teammates. That's not somebody you want in your locker room, is it? Is that somebody that you really want to trade for that's going to think he's above everybody else? We saw how that played out with Russell Wilson in Denver this year. You know, having his own office and parking spaces for him and his wife Sierra and he got a little bit of entitlement but how well did that work not too good with the new head coach in town and Sean Payton I'm interested to see that dynamic with with Russell Wilson and Sean Payton but back to Mr. Aaron Rodgers and what's going on in the neighborhood of Green Bay I think they keep you for one more year and then they weigh their options going into, you know, 2024 because they have a decision to make with Aaron Rodgers. Trading him is inevitable right now, but if they're willing to take that cap hit, good luck to them because it is going to be out of this world. Moving on to the next quarterback that's on the slate of uh, topics tonight, Derek Carr. Someone who I've grown to respect and admire from afar. The guy has been one of the more underappreciated franchise quarterbacks in the last decade or so. Considering the fact that he was drafted by the Oakland Raiders at the time, at the time who are now the Las Vegas Raiders. He was released by the Raiders a few weeks ago. And the one thing that still sticks out to me in my mind about Derek Carr as I'm sitting here is the emotional press conference that he gave right after the Colts loss um, midway through the season. The body language that he showed was his vulnerability to saying, look, there's guys in this locker room that are giving their all putting stuff in their bodies just to play, preparation, and they're not getting the results. What's wrong with the picture here? 
you could see the look in his eyes like he was it's like he was at wit's end with the Raiders. He's never been appreciated with that organization whatsoever. The guy has dealt with three head coaching changes, several offensive coordinators, off the field issue after off the field issue with teammates, a head coaching issue with which we all found out about John Gruden's true colors, dealing with the Henry Ruggs tragedy that took the life of uh, a young woman and her dog, Damon Arnett on IG, you know, brandishing weapons, wanting to play real life Call of Duty, uh, uh, the number one corner on their team getting a DUI like the week before the biggest game of the season in Indianapolis. I tell you what, Derek Carr deserved better than what Oakland slash Vegas did to him. He deserves better. The man didn't even have a top 10 defense in his 10 years as the Raiders quarterback. Not even a top 10 defense. His defense was right near the bottom. You bring in a head coach from the Bill Belichick uh, coaching tree and and it's been little to be desired because everyone, including myself, hated that high for the Raiders. It's like you could have kept Steve Passaccia, someone who had never been a head coach, and though that team rallied around him and Derek Carr, and they made the playoffs in 2021. Basically, 10 yards away from forcing overtime or beating the Cincinnati Bengals in the wild card game. And then they bring in Devontae Adams this year to say, here, for here's for your all your hard work. That you've done. We're finally going to give you a number one receiver. Make it work. He had a good run game with Josh Jacobs. A, just a decent middle to none offensive line. Darren Waller was hurt. This team never really got any traction whatsoever. Coaching is the blame of it. And the defense was abysmal. Chandler Jones was not the Chandler Jones that we were all expecting when he signed with the Raiders. To the teams that may possibly sign him, he's already met with the New York Jets. The Jets will be an ideal destination for a team that's a quarterback away. A mature quarterback who can deal with the New York media. He's going to be a, a great locker room presence. He's going to work with everyone and that's got a playoff caliber defense that features Sauce Gardner and a slew of of players who, in my opinion, played their tails off despite inconsistency from the quarterback play between Zach Wilson, Mike White, Joe Flacco, and then they were down to their fourth string quarterback in the near the end of the season. You put Derek Carr with the Jets. Are they a playoff team? They are borderline. They can be, I believe that they would give Buffalo a run for it. Miami is a different question, though, because Miami's got the offensive skill players and the great play caller, Mike McDaniel. I know the, uh, the Jets just hired Nathaniel Hackett, who was the Packers' former offensive coordinator, and once uh, Denver Broncos coached, that didn't even last a full season. But Derek Carr with the Jets would make sense. And it puts them in, in a in a window to say, okay, we can maximize this defense. We've got Garrett Wilson. 
you've got, you know, Brees Hall, who's coming back from a, a, a torn ACL. You got, you've got to just get the offensive line together and get the quarterback. Hey, the Jets, we could be talking maybe a, a wild card team for this year. We're going to see. Another team that's interested in signing in, the New Orleans Saints. That right there is a tricky one. And I'm going to tell you why. The New Orleans Saints, they play in the worst division in the NFC South. 10 games, 11 games can win that division. And you at least, you know, get to play in a dome, you know, for eight or nine games. You get to play in the Superdome, which is one of the more louder fan bases in the NFL as far as I'm concerned the Terra Dome that's the one stadium no opposing team wants to play in that would be they've got Chris Olave Jarvis Landry pretty good defense I mean we don't know what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara what his status is going to be uh, decent offensive line Dennis Allen is okay as a head coach but he's not He's more of a defensive-minded guy, and defensive-minded coaches with quarterbacks usually, it's usually a different dynamic. And for me, it would be in a decent, you know, destination. But are you are you sure that that team is you know can you win a Super Bowl with that team right now in a bad division in the NFC that's got? Plenty of questions about other quarterbacks around the league and other teams. For another thing is, the Indianapolis Colts. Will they take a swing at Derek Carr? I don't know. They tried it with Phillip Rivers, made the playoffs, got bounced in the wild card, signed uh, Carson Wentz in 2021. He laid a big, fat, rotten egg in Jacksonville. They brought in Matt Ryan this past season. Matt Ryan's passed his prime and could barely move in the pocket and they had no offensive line and a defense that was just up and down and they played probably the second worst division in football in the AFC South in which the Jacksonville Jaguars won this year. Shockingly, did anybody see the Jacksonville Jaguars winning the AFC South this year? I didn't. We all had Tennessee. But once Derrick Henry went down and Ryan Tannehill, that was it. The The Titans eventually broke. And it cost them the, the AFC South and missing the playoffs. But if I'm Derrick Carr, there's one team right now that nobody's mentioned or talking about that makes perfect sense. It's in the, it's in the West Coast. The San Francisco 49ers, Derek Carr, Kyle Shanahan, it's a match made in football heaven. Had a very good offensive line, Debo Samuel, Chris, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and you have the defense that I felt, felt was the best defense in all of football in 2022, nearly nearly got to the Super Bowl if it wasn't for a quarterback injury to Brock Purdy with the UCL. Now, the 49ers are in a dilemma because 
Brock Purdy is not going to see the field until 2024. There's been some issues with his elbow where it's caused inflammation and they can't do the surgery just yet. Jimmy Garoppolo, what what would they do with him? And of course, Trey Lance. What do they have in Trey Lance? Because Trey Lance has only played one game or two and it was a small sample size until he broke his ankle and missed the entirety of the 2022 season. If I'm John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and that 49ers front office, I'm I'm going after Derek Carr. Because one thing I do know, Derek Carr would have a a top 10 defense. And with the in addition of Steve Wilkes being the defensive coordinator, the 49ers, ladies and gentlemen, would be the team in the NFC that could get to the Super Bowl if Derek Carr were to sign with the 49ers. You want to talk our career revival in that and for him and playing in MC West. Now, the Seahawks are back. They sh- they they've got, you know, they got a nice little thing going. Hopefully Geno Smith they can get a long-term deal done with him. The Rams are the Rams are rebound, but how how much are they going to, you know, let go of in, you know, over the next few weeks, you know, leading up to free agency to kind of you know, get under the cap. The Arizona Cardinals are a mess with Kyler Murray and the worst coaching hire in my humble opinion and Jonathan Gannon the 49ers are the clear-cut favorite to win the NFC West and be the number one seed in the NFC playoffs next season in 2023 the 49ers cannot afford to put themselves in the same predicament that they did this year in the NFC championship game with Brock Purdy going down and not having a quarterback that can come in and, you know, weather the storm. The defense held up for as long as they could, but they imploded near the end. Mainly the offense itself and Trent Williams, you know, body slamming, you know, guys out there like it's WWE. But the 49ers, for the most part, they have the, they have the, the, the salary cap space. The only player that they have to worry about paying right now is Nick Bosa, who's probably going to be one of the highest paid defensive players in all of football. You're quarterback away. You get the quarterback, you get to the Super Bowl. And Derek Carr is just what the, the doctor ordered for the San Francisco 49ers and what could be a very interesting NFC if this is a move that the 49ers make. It's a dark horse at the morning, at the moment. But if I'm the 49ers, I'm I'm definitely keeping tabs on Derek Carr because John Lynch has has proven that you know tricked in picks. We're going to sacrifice our picks. We're going to get our Super Bowl. They've been to two, three NFC Championship games and they've won one of them. They've been to Super Bowl. Jimmy G has got them there, but Jimmy G has gotten a job done. Derek Carr is a step above. Jimmy Garoppolo, even though they were in the same draft class. Just a step above. Derek Carr, with that roster and that defense, no excuses. I would love to see Derek Carr in San Francisco. That, to me, makes the most sense. The Jets, yes, because the Jets, they need stability at quarterback. That's what they're missing, stability and consistency. 49ers, perfect roster. There's no... There's nothing you 
you can't say bad about the San Francisco 40 San Francisco 49ers and how they're running their franchise right now with John Lynch as the GM. I applaud them, and this is something I'm going to be watching for Derek Carr. And hopefully, fingers crossed that he he goes to where you know he will be valued and appreciated as a franchise quarterback and a leader and has the right team around him to at least get to a championship game in either the AFC or the NFC. Moving on to the quarterbacks who are going to get paid here in the next couple weeks. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. All those quarterbacks were in the 2020 NFL Draft. Joe Burrow was the first pick. Then Justin Herbert went a few picks later. Jalen Hurts was the second round pick by the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to start with Joe Burrow. The kid is special, ladies and gentlemen. The young man has won me over as a fan of quarterbacks. I am a Joe Burrow fan. That's that's no denying that. I believe he is box office. He is everything you want in a quarterback. Uh, he's a leader. What really won me over with Joe Burrow is during his not even playing a single snap yet in 2020 when we had the racial tension in America. And he was out there with the citizens of Cincinnati protesting. Hadn't even took a snap. But realized how big his platform was and what he meant to a city that drafted him and embraced him. He embraced the city. He used his platform to say what was going on was not right. I applaud him. And that to me is what won me over as a as a fan of his. Joe Burrow is the quarterback of the present and the future for the Cincinnati Bengals. With the quarterback market going up this year, I believe that Joe Burrow will be among the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. I'm just going to put on my GM hat and agent hat for a second. I believe his deal will be somewhere around six years, $260 million with $180 million guaranteed. He will be among the the highest paid. The guaranteed money, and it's going to dictate the market for the likes of Justin Herbert. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, who I will discuss here shortly. The Bengals, back-to-back AFC Championship games, back-to-back AFC North Division titles. They've had a pretty deep playoff run. They came up a little short in the AFC Championship game this year in Kansas City. They tried to fix the offensive line, but the offensive line just wouldn't hold up with the injury to Lyle Collins. This defense was underrated, ladies and gentlemen. The Bengals' defense, who had their moments, did a pretty good job against the likes of a uh, a Josh Allen and uh, their Tyler Huntley, who they played in the wildcard round. This Cincinnati team is going places. They've been to the Super Bowl. They went to their second AFC Championship game. Joe Burrow is the guy. 
how many how many teams can say that they hit a home run with their quarterback within the last decade? It's not too many of them. If you've got that quarterback, you take care of them. You maximize that rookie contract before you have to, you know, write the big check. Cincinnati will have to write that big check and it will be well worth it. One thing that I applaud about Joe Burrow, he said as long as he's the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, the window's always open. That right there stuck out to me. I was like, man, this kid is years ahead of his time. I mean, he's he's like a very old soul to some extent. He's not afraid of the big moment. He's not afraid of the big stage. He can go toe-to-toe with any quarterback in the AFC or NFC. The Cincinnati Bengals just have to do right by him. Now, they do have another contract on hand with T. Higgins that they got to, you know, get ready to write a check for. And then, of course, the franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow. And then, year after that, Jamar Chase be up for a new contract. This is the time. If I'm the Cincinnati Bengals, you got to do. You've got to get a deal done for him right now, because there's not too many quarterbacks in the next, you know, three or four years that's going to come in there and ch- change life for your franchise like Joe Burrow has. He's had. He's got more playoff wins than any quarterback in the history of the franchise outside of maybe Boomer or Sison. You had. Uh, Carson Palmer for a decade. You had Andy Dalton for a little right at a decade, and neither of those guys were matched, could, could hang with Joe Burrow whatsoever. Very good quarterbacks, led the teams to the playoffs, but you didn't get over the hump until you got Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is a top five quarterback, in my humble opinion. Top five quarterback right now. Will the Bengals do right with him, I think they should. I think they need to do it now because he's in going into year four and this is usually right around the time players going into that year four kind of like start to hold out for a new contract because like, yo, this is, you know, there's no more guaranteed years even though you still got a fourth year, a fifth year option in the franchise tag. Do the deal now for your franchise quarterback because he's he's earned it. Any player who comes into a dysfunctional franchise that has not had this much success deserves to be treated like among the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. There are quarterbacks right now who got their contracts and it's little to be desired, but that's a discussion for another day. Now, transitioning into his uh, counterpart or his contemporary, Justin Herbert, who was drafted by the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert led the Chargers to the playoffs this year, had a solid year, and despite all of the bonehead decision-making by Brandon Staley, Justin uh, Justin Herbert weathered the storm and got this team to the playoffs, only for them to blow a 27-7 lead over the Jacksonville Jaguars and the uh, wild card game. Talk about a season of disappointment, but they got to the playoffs. You saw their uh, the best player on their defense, Joey Bosa, lost his temper a little bit. Khalil Mack was in and out of the lineup. Darwin James 
got hurt. Uh, not Darwin James, but uh, J.C. Jackson had a bad injury the first part of the year. Darwin James uh, was in and out of the lineup. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and the only thing they had going for them was Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler. Now, with the addition of former Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator Keller Moore taking over as the offensive coordinator, I'm interested to see how this is going to play out with Kellen and Justin in L.A. Kellen has no body hovering over him. Brandon Staley's going to let him do his job. Justin Herbert just has to lead, which he can do. But what do I know about Kellen Moore? There's not a whole lot of creativity with his offense. You can say, well, the Cowboys had the the top scoring offense in the league and points and yada yada yay. But where did it get us? Yeah, you can you can you can show me stats. But quarterbacks in this league are based upon wins. You know, can they win the big games? I'm not knocking Dak Prescott, but the playoff game against San Francisco was little to be desired. And I'll talk about Dak on another day, another time, because that's a, 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 a topic for my Dallas Cowboys 2022 season review, which will be coming up here very soon in the coming weeks. Let's be on the lookout for that. But back to Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is a, a generational talent, ladies and gentlemen. Has one of the prettiest deep balls I've ever seen from a quarterback. When it goes up, it stays up. And when it falls, it's like a, a dropping, it's like a dime. It just falls right in right in the bread basket. It it just it's perfect. It's a rainbow. Not too many quarterbacks have that like Justin Herbert. He's big, strong, athletic. I think the addition to Kellen Moore is gonna help him moving forward. But will Kellen Moore somehow, some way throw Justin Herbert under the bus along with Brandon Staley. That's yet to be seen. Plus, you're playing in the AFC West, which is, ladies and gentlemen, the AFC West is the best division in all of football. Look at the quarterbacks now. You've got Mahomes, who just won his second Super Bowl uh, MVP and second league MVP. You've got Justin Herbert. You've got Russell Wilson and Sean Payton now. What is Russ and Sean Payton going to cook up? Hopefully it's a lot better than what he had with Nathaniel Hackett because the Denver Broncos got little to nothing out of Russ and Nathaniel Hackett. But the Raiders, ain't nobody worried about the Raiders right now because nobody knows. Is it Jerry Stedman or are they going to draft the quarterback and if Josh McDaniels is going to last a full season? I think the AFC West will have, I'm going to save that prediction for when I do my NFL preview uh, later this year, you know, leading into, you know, the divisions and all that stuff. But I believe Justin Herbert is an MVP caliber quarterback. Can he take it up another notch? Can he somehow, in spite of Brandon Staley, be the difference maker in which he can? But it's going to come down to coaching. Brandon Staley, Kellen Moore. Justin Herbert is your quarterback. 
I believe his deal is going to be a little bit more than uh, Joe Burrow's. I believe it's going to be somewhere around six years, two hundred seventy-five million, with a hundred and uh, probably about a hundred ninety million guaranteed, somewhere up, somewhere along there. It'll be a little bit more than Joe Burrow, but it'll probably equal out to the same amount. You know, once all the you know the taxes and all that situated and whatnot. But I believe that this team can get to the Super Bowl under one condition: health and coaching. You've got to have both of those in order to get to the Super Bowl, along with stellar quarterback play. And in the division where you're going to have to you face Mahomes twice, Russ twice, and the Raiders, you've got to at least come out. In three of those, you know, matchups, at least of, at least you got to win three of those matchups. At least you got to win each. You got to win each of them once, I should say, because beating them twice is gonna be hard to do. But you got to at least win one and put up a fairly good fight against your divisional opponents. And I believe Justin Herbert's gonna be up to the challenge. Moving on to the Super Bowl quarterback runner-up in Jalen Hurts. Let me get a drink of water for a second. Get a. All right. Back to what I was saying. Jalen Hurts. Led the Eagles to the Super Bowl this year. They finished 14-3. They won the NFC East. Had home field advantage. And Jalen Hurts missed, I believe, two games with the, with the shoulder injury. And he still played uh, all the postseason. This is going to be interesting for the Philadelphia Eagles because they've got some questions with their salary cap. Got a lot of decisions to make. Credit, Jalen Hurts has earned his next contract. They have more in Jalen Hurts than what they did in his predecessor in Carson Wentz. When we go, whenever we look back at the 2020 NFL Draft, the Eagles had gave Carson Wentz a contract extension in the middle of the 2019 season or the beginning of the 2019 season and it was little to be desired. Carson Wentz was in and out of the lineup. He was hurt and this was a quarterback who still had not proved to be worthy of the number two pick in 2016 in which the Eagles drafted him at. The night that they took Jalen Hurts in the second round, that told you everything that the Philadelphia Eagles and how they felt about Carson Wentz. They pretty much said, the footsteps are in the dark, and we've got this this young man out of Oklahoma who's played on big stages and won in the collegiate level at Alabama and led Oklahoma upon his transfer to lead them to the uh, college football playoff. His rookie year was was kind of a, a sample size it was like he didn't really know what to do couldn't really adjust to you know a pro style offense and, and reading a defense Doug Peterson gets fired they bring in Nick Sirianni in 2021 he leads the Eagles to a 9-8 and record and you start to see some progression you start to see a little bit of a little bit of more pocket presence but it's still a little skittish 2022 this past season they made the trade for A.J. Brown they went out they had Devontae Smith on their roster who they drafted in 2021 they 
have Dallas, Dallas Goddard, their tight end. They went and they went for it this year. Uh, made some moves on the defensive side of the ball. The offensive line was fairly good with, you know, Jason Kelsey, the all-pro center, and then Lane Johnson playing through the, the growing injury at their right tackle. Uh, but th- this this team's got some questions going into uh, the, the new calendar year with their cap because if they're planning on signing Jalen Hurts to a long-term deal, they've got to restructure a lot of contracts. Jalen Hurts is the quarterback for the future. He is your quarterback. There's no way that I see Jalen Hurts playing the final year of his rookie deal without a long-term deal afterwards. The go- the market for him is going to be roughly starting out $50 million annually. But as we've seen with these contracts, what one quarterback gets Another team tries to add a few more million dollars. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Philadelphia Eagles can do that, but they've got to get under the cap. Some guys are going to be cap casualties. For post June first cuts, it's going to save them some money. But I'm almost certain that if I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm not touching the field for anything until I get a long term deal. I led this team to the Super Bowl. I I've earned it. I I'm good with my teammates. I'm good with the media. I'm the leader. I've done everything that's been asked of me. Now it's time to get paid. He's a very humble guy. Has a very well and all-female staff for, you know, his representation. Kudos to them. But Jalen Hurts, if I were her, if I were his agent, I'd say, look, bro, we're not playing and we're not doing anything mandatory or minicamp-wise until we get a deal done. You get hurt. You have no more years after this, and that's going to hurt your your value, far as what the market is going to dictate. His teams will like to use that against the player if an injury occurs or something along the way. But you've got the quarterback in Jalen Hurts, the Philadelphia Eagles. As painfully as that as that sounds to me, and how it feels that I'm giving a division rival, a hated division rival, their credit and their props for their quarterback. Jalen Hurst has rightfully earned his next contract, ladies and gentlemen. He's rightfully earned it. He's a second-round pick. I wish that picks one, uh, the players who were taken in the first or second rounds, mainly the second round, would get five-year contracts instead of four because I feel like those those second-round picks are usually some I mean, a top 50 pick that probably could have went in the first round but fell in the Eagles' laps in 2020. They, they've they got to do right by him. And I believe that Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie, they, they will get a deal done for Jalen Hurts before 
we go to training camp in July. But this is going to be something to watch as well moving forward with Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. Moving on to Carson Wentz, the quarterback that was drafted prior to Jalen Hurts in 2016, pick number two overall in the first round. Carson Wentz was released by the Washington Commanders, and it saves them roughly $26 million in salary cap space. Congratulations, Washington. You finally got a win for a change. But you took a a loss in the quarterback carousel and taking a gamble on Carson Wentz thinking you can fix him. Carson Wentz, ladies and gentlemen, to me, is a backup at best. The analogy I'm getting ready to use sums up him pertaining to a particular NBA player. Please don't take offense, Commanders fans. Football fans, I hope that you understand where I'm coming from, along with basketball fans. Carson Wentz is the Russell Westbrook of quarterbacks. What I mean by that is, every team believes that they can fix him. Frank Wright believed that he can fix him in Indianapolis in 2021. What did he do? Only to lose two of the biggest games of the Colts season in 2021 to the Vegas Raiders. And then they somehow, someway go back to Jacksonville and just get embarrassed on the last game of the regular season with nothing, with the Jaguars having nothing to lose, with the Colts having everything to lose to decide their playoff fate. Enter the Washington Commanders. Quarterback needy. They had just had a fairly decent season with Taylor Heineke. They came close to making the playoffs. But Dan Snyder, in typical fashion, oh, I want Carson Wentz. Yeah, I want Carson Wentz. He he can guess where we're trying to go. Let's let's go get Carson Wentz. You have to ask yourself this, Washington Commanders fans. Was it worth it? You saw his track record in Philadelphia. You saw what he did in Indianapolis. And then you wanted a piece of it. Where did that get you? Where did that get you? Where did that get you? It started off okay. And then it went bad. Then made the switch to Taylor Heineke. You got the ball rolling. You had a nice little streak. And you beat. You handed the Philadelphia Eagles their first loss. With Taylor Heineke under center. I said midway through the season. If the commanders have any chance of making the postseason, Taylor Heineke is the quarterback that can get them there. He took them there in 2020. He got them there. And, and in spite of Alex Smith, you know, being up and down. Taylor Heineke is a bridge quarterback. Not real flashy. He's serviceable. And he can win you some football games. Now, from a football standpoint... Carson Wentz's days as a starting quarterback are over. That's not a surprise nor shocker. Carson Wentz has made his money. If any team signs him, he's a backup. He's the number two backup going into training camp. He can make an honest living being a backup and not have to play a game unless called upon. 
He had the perfect roster in Indianapolis with Frank Wright because Frank Wright thought he could fix him because he was the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia the year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz was never the same player after the 2017 season when he went down with the torn ACL. Insert Nick Foles. They go on that magic run. They get to the Super Bowl. Score 41 points against the New England Patriots in the first his, the first Super Bowl in franchise history in Philadelphia. Carson Wentz comes back in 2018. He was out of he was out of sorts. Nick Foles nearly pulled a rabbit out of his hat and led the Eagles back to the NFC Championship game if it wasn't for an Ashawn Jeffrey slip through the finger tip catch against the Saints in the divisional round. Who's to say the Philadelphia Eagles don't get back to the Super Bowl 2018 in back-to-back years? In my humble opinion, this is what Philadelphia should have done three years ago. I would have traded Carson Wentz, kept Nick Foles, and got major draft equity from off of the Carson Wentz deal. Can you imagine the picks they would have got for Carson Wentz? They'd probably be sitting here a multi-Super Bowl winner as we speak. But that 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 team in Kansas City has something to say about that. That's another discussion for another day. Back to Carson Wentz. He might as well just either back up, be a backup quarterback, or retire. For a guy that everybody raved about in 2016 was the second third best quarterback in the draft I've yet to see that in all honesty you remember when Eagles fans were saying that Carson Wentz was better than Dak Prescott let me remind y'all Dak's still with the team that drafted him in Dallas Jared Goff who was number one pick in 2016 is with the Lions he started with the Rams got drafted by the Rams led them to the Super Bowl And got traded to the Detroit Lions in 2021. And they nearly made the playoffs in 2022. Jared Goff looks a lot better and more comfortable in Detroit than he did in LA. There's not as much expectation in Detroit as it was for the Rams trying to get to the Super Bowl and compete at a very high level. Detroit, you got the ideal coach with Dan Campbell. Everybody's biting kneecaps. It, It works for them. Carson Wentz, if any team takes a gamble on him, good luck because you know what you're getting. Again, he is the Russell Westbrook of quarterbacks. That is not a a slap or a slight at him. It's just when you look at the two players and their perspective sports, where they've been, you've heard their coaches say they can fix them. Just let them be them. How well has it worked out? For Carson in the NFL and Russell Westbrook in the NBA. It hasn't worked worked out too good. So hopefully Carson Wentz will be a backup. We'll we'll, we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. Because there's going to be some team out there that's going to say, you know what? We want a piece of that. Yeah, good luck. Moving on to Daniel Jones. Pending free agent for the... New York Giants. Give me a drink for a second. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Alrighty. Back to Daniel Jones. Pending free agent for the New York Giants. Daniel Jones had a bounce back year under first year head coach Brian Dable, who led the Giants to their first playoff appearance since 2016 and their first playoff win since the 20 excuse me the 2011 Super Bowl in which they beat the uh, New England Patriots Daniel Jones has had an up and down career they didn't pick up his fifth year option but reports have it that he is asking for 45 million a year now remind you I'm not one to sit here and say what a player should get paid, but the market, excuse me, the market dictates what they should be paid. Me, if I'm a if I'm in the Giants front office, I would sit down, try to make a a, a reasonable offer, and go from there. They've got to, you know, Saquon Barkley's up for a new contract and they're going to have to pay him. So the question becomes, who gets the long-term deal first and who gets the franchise tag? If the Giants are smart, do the franchise tag with Daniel Jones and try to keep Saquon Barkley and get a long-term deal for him. Because these contracts, ladies and gentlemen, the, the, the money only goes up every year. That's why I don't blame players who cash in early so they can get their money now in order to avoid that inf- the, the inflation further down the road. Because once the inflation goes up, teams are going to be reluctant to pay players what the market is. And we've seen that with the quarterbacks. We've seen that with several players in the NFL, but mainly the quarterbacks. With Daniel Jones, you've got a a modest starter, but can he stay healthy? Because that's that's the big issue is health. The market will go up, but if you pay him the money that he's asking, you're going to expect that every week. You know you're going to expect a return in your investment. They play in it. They play in the NFC East. The Giants do with my Cowboys, Eagles, and Commanders. Uh, I was. Overly, not, uh, how do I put this? I was impressed by some fault because of the of the Giants, of what they were able to do, because they won games I didn't think they would win. But I think the turning point for them was going over to London and beating the Packers. That right there to me said that the Giants were turning the corner and being a respectable franchise again. Do they draft the quarterback in this year's draft? That's that's yet to be seen because the Daniel Jones contract will dictate what they do in the draft. If you take a rookie, you're going to expect trial and error. You have to get that quarterback. And if you don't have that quarterback, you don't really have a team 
unless you go out and get the likes of a Derek Carr who's available or some other, you know, serviceable backups to be a bridge until you can find that home run hitter in the draft. Nevertheless, Daniel Jones will probably be tagged in the coming weeks if no deal, no long-term deal can be done. And I think they have until right before training camp to sign the franchise tag, you know, before they can report to camp and whatnot. I'm not a fan of the franchise tag because the franchise tag does one or two things. You can tag, be tagged and be traded. But the Giants, they're not going to give him that tag and then trade him and another team is responsible for paying him. If they're smart, short term, and take it from there, take it a year at a time. I wouldn't do nothing no more than three to four years minimum. Five years is pushing it. Because you do that kind of deal, you're stuck. You're not going to be able to get out from under it, and the debt and the uh, cap hit will be through the roof. So we're going to see what happens with Daniel Jones moving forward. Moving on to our last quarterback of the night, Mr. Lamar Jackson down in Baltimore, who's currently his own representation and is still trying to get a new deal. Lamar Jackson, ladies and gentlemen, was your 2019 NFL League MVP. He led the Ravens to the playoffs in 2019 and 2020. And then last the last two seasons, the, he's been hurt near the end of the season. And this past season, they they sneaked in there with their defense. But Tyler Hutney was the quarterback. What is Baltimore going to do? Because just like Daniel Jones in New York, you franchise tagging, it is not going to be a good look for Lamar Jackson. We don't even know what the extent of the contract is that he's seeking. Is it long term? Is it short term? The the verbiage, the the years, we don't know. People have been speculating what Lamar Jackson is is trying to get out of the Ravens. The Ravens, the are they going to get this deal done? You've heard teammates in the locker room saying, "Pay LJ." Pay him now. He's likable. He's been your quarterback for the past, you know, five years. You've been to the playoffs. He saved Coach John Harbaugh's job in the midst of the decline of Joe Flacco before he took over as the uh, quarterback in 2018 near the end of the season. But Lamar Jackson's style of play raises concerns for the Ravens. He's been banged up with the knee and the ankle. And you see what this team is without him. You don't even score twenty you don't even score twenty-eight points without Lamar Jackson. Every game that they lost last year was an advantage Lamar. For the simple fact is they play in a very tough division. The playoff race got real interesting near the second half of the season. And this team just went flat without him advantage Lamar if I'm Lamar Jackson and I'm trying to get a deal done and I don't want a long-term deal 
I do short term, maximize those three or four years. That way, at the end of your second year, you can renegotiate your third and fourth year and add more years to it. Per, per, per se. You go three years, $180 million, fully guaranteed. All three years fully guaranteed. But I want to point out something that's been that's been brought up several times with these guaranteed contracts. Deshaun Watson's contract messed it up for all these quarterbacks that I just mentioned that are looking for new deals. Deshaun Watson has a fully guaranteed contract. Only the Cleveland Browns could do something that stupid and get away with it. Joke's on them with this contract if it doesn't work for Cleveland. It's very laughable because all the legal matters that were going on and you still gave Deshaun Watson the biggest contract in league history with that trade. For Lamar Jackson's sake, get this deal done, but don't do a deal unless you're comfortable with it. He doesn't have to worry about uh, paying his agent commission because he's on his own representation. His mom has been working with him on the deal. And hopefully, fingers crossed that the Ravens and Lamar will come to an agreement of some sort because... I don't want to see the Ravens go into their training camp and Lamar Jackson not be under center. You want to get this contract done as soon as possible and you want to get it out of the way before the start of mini camp and all that in April and May right after the draft. Because once we get after the draft, it, I mean, you look up, it's going to be training camp come the middle of July. It's like, man, we just had the, the draft. Now we're going into the training camp. Yeah. We're going to be in training camp, and this is March. And once we get past April, May, and June, hey, it it's game one. It, it'll be time to start football back up again shortly after the NBA Finals. Oh, excuse me. But we're going to see because there's teams out there who have been mentioned in you know the media the last few weeks. The New York Jets. I mean, it's a big market. A lot of endorsements out there. New York media. Would that make the Jets a Super Bowl contender? They'd be a playoff contender with Lamar. But the question is health. Can he stay healthy long enough to get this team to where they want to go, which is beyond the first round of the playoffs? Excuse me. Yeah. All right. The Atlanta Falcons have been mentioned. Now, the Falcons are a mess. I mean, they got Kyle Pitts, they got Drake London, and okay defense. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm still not sold on their head coach, and the Falcons as an organization have not. It's, it's, been, it's been a rocky road for this team. It's been a rocky roller coaster of up and down for the Falcons. Made some trades. They've had an okay draft. They play in the worst division in football, the NFC South. Anything is possible in the NFC, especially in the South Division. 
I think the Falcons make somewhat sense, but it will just put fans in a stance because they want the next Michael Vick versus having a winning team in Atlanta and trying to compete for Super Bowls. The uh, A team that I'm going to put out here, and it's going to be kind of a dark, a dark horse, the Miami Dolphins. You know why? He's from Florida. It will be a homecoming. And the uncertainty of Tua Tagalova's uh, health moving forward with his concussion issues. Mike McDaniel, play caller. Got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, very good offensive line. Top 15 defense, and it's only going to get better with Vic Vangio being the offensive coordinator for the defense. You play in the AFC East. You could go toe-to-toe with Josh Allen and uh, Tua if, you know, Lamar goes to Miami. And, you know, Mac Jones, Mac Daddy Jones, as my great teammate Bear Grant Jr. refers to him as Mac Daddy Jones in New England. Lamar will be probably the best quarterback in that division outside of Josh Allen. As great as Josh Allen is, I question his health and the team around him offensively if they're trying to win the Super Bowl. If the Dolphins... Excuse me. If the Dolphins do a sign and trade, sign... Now, the Ravens signed Lamar and set franchise tagging, trading to Miami for Tua... They at least have two years to work with with Tua, but it comes down to health for both players. Does it? Will the trade make sense? Will it work? Who comes out on the better end of the trade, and who's willing to give up the most to make the deal? I believe the Dolphins will be the best case scenario for Lamar Jackson in order to compete and play in somewhat of a a weaker division. The AFC North is 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 brutal. It's UFC WWE every week. Name me any game on in the AFC North schedule where both teams score more than twenty one points whenever they uh, face off. That's difficult to do. It's a low scoring, old fashioned bar fight type football game with those four teams. Miami makes the most sense. But Baltimore feel they they they'll feel like they could get a, a deal done, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Moving on to the last topic of the night, which is a non-football topic. This subject matter is very. I'm gonna put out a disclaimer that I don't condone what did what what what's going on. With Jean Morant, I believe that some things need to be addressed. And as a voice of reason in the midst of the chaos, I believe that this will be one of the more difficult subjects and topics I've had to talk about in the history of my podcast. I've discussed AB at length. I've discussed Deshaun Watson at length. But I, but this is the first time that I've had to discuss this with an NBA player. Ja Morant, superstar point guard and one of the many young faces of 
the NBA and he plays for the Memphis Grizzlies was seen on IG Live, his IG Live to be exact, with he was at a, a gentleman's club and he was rapping some lyrics to one of the I think it was NBA Young Boy or NE NLE Chopper Chopper, one of them. And he was shirtless. And he, you know, showed a gun up to his face. Throwing up gang signs. And then, you know, the gun went away. Now, this was late Friday night out in Denver. Coming off of a blowout loss to the Denver Nuggets on a primetime game on ESPN. This kind of behavior, ladies and gentlemen... And to all the youngsters out there who are listening. This kind of behavior is inexcusable for a franchise player. I'm going to tell you why. If you're making $200 million from the team that drafted you. You have a multi-year deal with Nike and you just released your first signature shoe. He now has an endorsement deal with... um, uh, but with Powerade, uh, the Coca-Cola brand, their sports drink by Coca-Cola. One of the many faces of the NBA, a budding superstar. John Morant is out of control. His detrimental conduct is becoming a problem or has been a problem for the past several months. This is just one of the, the latest incidents that the league is investigating. And I'm going to say this. John Morant needs to be suspended more than two games. There's 20-something games left in the regular season. I would tack on eight more games to make it 10. To send a message. Two games to me doesn't justify anything for his actions. This team has been on a free fall since... The, the John Morant interview saying he wasn't afraid of nobody in the Western Conference. He's worried about the Eastern Conference. They want all the smoke. Well, I got news for you, John Morant. The NBA is not playing games with you. This is not a game. What you did Friday night to yourself on social media was inexcusable and just downright dumb. I don't know if the gun was real or not, but in the back of my mind, when I saw the video, I said to myself, if that, if that had fired a shot, we'd be having a different conversation right now. He would have been hurt. The individuals in that club would have been hurt and it would have been a full-blown investigation by the law enforcement and the NBA. This is a violation of the personal conduct policy. I believe John Morant should be set down for more than two games. I'd set him down for 10. You got to send a message to this young man. What he's doing is not a good look for him or his brand. Period. Think about all the young fans out there, Ja. The youngsters who are fans of yours and they see you doing stuff like this on social media. You're not a role model if you do stuff like that. That's irresponsibility if you're the right to bear arms. That's 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 one one of the first things you learn in gun safety is how to use it and how to protect yourself 
from being harmed by your own weapon. Gun safety. What you was doing, y'all, was in open space. First of all, what were you doing in a gentleman's club that time of the night with your crew in a VIP room? Most of your guys had just took a loss, and they were probably at the hotel room getting ready to board the flight for the next game, your next road game, which is, I believe, against the Clippers, because you're gonna he's going to miss the Lakers and Clippers games at Staples before they head back home to play the Mavericks in a home-and-home. What were you thinking, John Morant? What were you thinking? I ask you this because you're 23 years old and you're still acting like you're 18, 19 years old. You're a young man who is a millionaire. What you're doing is attracting the wrong crowd of people. Because there's individuals out there, as we've seen in recent memory, they'll roll up on you and see if you're about that life. Correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody feel free to correct me wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. The life that you portray on social media is not your is somewhat of a reality TV show. But in your heart of hearts, that's not who you are. You went from being a humble kid and you know working your way up the ladder. Now you've got this big contract with the Memphis Grizzlies. They invested money in you to be their franchise player, to put them in title contention. They can't trust you if you're gonna be doing stuff like this, Ja. Corporate America will say no for 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 you to be, you know, a part of their uh their companies. They see stuff like this, it it's cringeworthy. They say we can't have uh this young man who's promoting a gun, gun violence or social media in the wake of everything that's going on in our world right now with with gun violence. Job rent, you have to be better. You have to be better as a man moving forward. I understand the mental health aspect of that. I respect you for that. And you owned up to your mistakes by showing accountability. But if I'm the NBA and I'm Adam Silver, I'm sitting him down for 10 games. No ifs, ands, or buts. Because what you did, you put yourself in harm's way along with others. And rapping lyrics and throwing up gang signs at the same time, it... It was. It made the hair on the back of my neck stand up because I think he is the is an explosive player. I think he's done got full of himself, thinking he's invincible. There's the old saying: the company you keep around for your around your the, the the friend the circle of friends you keep around you will seal your fate, whether they be positive, demonstrative, or negative. The company he's keeping around him. It's, it's pretty much spelling the, the negative and demonstrative at the same time. It's an appetite for disaster. Going to throw your career away over some dumb stuff. Did you not see what happened to Gilbert Arenas? Look how that look how well that played out for him. He lost everything. Take notes. John Morant is, is one of those young kids that he needs to... Look at himself in the mirror. Think about your daughter. Think about your generational wealth. If I'm his dad, I would stop being one of the homeboys and be his father. 
his father acts like he's part of the crew. Now, we've seen athletes and their parents involved most recently. LeVar Ball and his sons. You know, credit to LeVar, all three of his sons, two of his sons made it to the NBA and whatnot. The first father and son I can think of in the NBA, uh, Dell and Steph Curry, to my knowledge. Dell Curry was a, a kind of a quiet player, and we've seen Steph in his shadows. Steph grew up around the NBA players. He understood his role as being a franchise player. He understands his role. You, We ain't heard one thing negative about Steph Curry since he was drafted. The biggest name in the sport who has caught a lot of criticism for his shortcomings has yet lived up to the expectations of being an 18-year-old teen phenom slash prodigy that just passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and LeBron James. As much criticism, as much spotlight has been on LeBron James through his entire basketball career, we never had to deal with no issues with LeBron on this matter. None. He probably dealt with some minor stuff throughout his life, but it wasn't publicized. But we expect better from a lot of players. John Morant is no exception. If you're the leader of this franchise in the Memphis Grizzlies and they invest this money into you, by golly, George, they better get what they pay for in return. This kind of behavior will not be tolerated much longer. With everything that's piling up, with the with the accusations and allegations of beating up a 17-year-old teenager, really, Ja, you be, do better than that. And then his, someone in his circle pointing a laser at Indy, at the Indiana Pacers from the sidelines, uh, that wasn't cool either. So John Morant, I would look at your inner circle and I would tell them, I'm done with y'all. You're not going to throw, I'm not going to throw my career away over you dummies. And I need to be better as a human being. I got a, I got a young daughter to think about. I've got my career and my generational wealth to think about. You're only here because of me. You didn't, you didn't push me to get to the NBA. I pushed myself. I rose from the ashes. I went through the small, the smaller colleges. I was, I put myself on that national platform with my play in college basketball. I got drafted the second overall pick over my contemporary in Zion Williamson, who was a bet, it was a good friend of his. John Morant, you need to look in the mirror and tell yourself, I have to be better. A better man, a better father, leader, teammate. I'll hold you to your word on your accountability, but I need to see it on the court as well as off the court. He's deactivated his his Twitter and his Instagram, which is a good thing. But John Morant, I hope you get it together. Because this is not who you are as an individual. This isn't. This is your ego that's taken over the fame, the fortune, and the, and the notoriety within the NBA player circle and within 
entertainment industry with all the rappers and whatnot. I just hope and pray that you as a young man don't fall victim to the vicious, repetitive, ongoing cycle of guys who threw it all away for being dumb. The league is giving you the space you need. You took it upon yourself. But you have to look at your inner circle and who you surround yourself with by saying, y'all got to go. Because I'm not going to lose, I'm not jeopardizing my career for any of y'all. Something goes down and my name's brought up, I'm the one they're going to take down. Simple as that. Point being, y'all get it together. Grow up, young man. Become the man you're destined to be. Don't be like everybody else that's out here wilding out because you have to move different in silence now that you're a multimillionaire. If you feel threatened by anything in this society, you have the extra ends and the luxuries to hire security. You have that money. It doesn't you're a millionaire, Jaw. It's not gonna hurt you to spend a few extra million to, you know, for security to protect you and your family. But T Morant, the his father, I, I think you should really get yourself in the mirror too. Cause when I see his father, I see Ja. Like father, like son. I, because it just looks to me that he's just like he's just part of the crew. If I had a son that was playing professional sports, I would still be in his ear. If I had a daughter who was in playing professional sports, I would be in their ear. Because I would be telling them the same thing that I'm talking about right now on my podcast. You can't be around the same people that you grew up with and they're not doing nothing for themselves. You could be friends with them, see them at a distance. But if they're just leeching and tagging along for the ride, then you don't need them. Because when it all goes down and the money runs out, they're going to disappear like a magic trick. Do you really want that job? Do you want to really lose all your millions of dollars that you worked for, for your for your family to disappear over some dumb stuff? You don't want that. Because ain't nobody going to take the rap for it. They'll point the finger at you because you were the one that supplied the money for the luxury of their entertainment, for their pleasure. It's, it's time to grow up, Ja. This is a teaching moment for any young athlete, regardless if it's high school, collegiate, professional, whatever the case may be. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is a teaching moment. Take plenty of notes and learn. Learn. Take mental notes. Do not use social media as validation from others. There's enough of that going on in our society now. Social media has become a blessing and a curse at the same time. People live for notoriety and validation in order to be accepted by others. If you need all that to be liked, I don't know. Because I've always lived my life to be who I want to be. I've lived my life to be different. I move differently even as a 36-year-old adult. I'm not out here wilding out, you know, going out and wasting, throwing money away like some of these athletes do, even though I'm not making their millions of dollars. I move differently. What I mean by that is I go to work, online school, 
and I sleep. That's all I do. I may go, you know, luxury to the park or whatnot, but far as around a crowd of people, that's not something I do too often, you know, with this still being a pandemic and every all the the variants that's going around. I'm kind of skittish of that at the moment, but point being, as I close out this topic and wrap this up for this week, Ja Morant, get it together. For the sake of your family and for the sake of the NBA, for the sake of yourself in general, it's time. It's time for you to cut ties with all those ones who claim to be your friends and rebuild your inner circle. I'm going to hold you to your word. And I think, like all of us, I'm waiting to see the results. Before I get out of here tonight, I want to address my my uh, my hiatus from the podcast. As you know, some of you may be aware that um, I am a recovering mental health patient, and I've been through some things. You know, since you know the last time I did my podcast, I had a little bit of a of a, a minor health scare. Um, I get went for some lab work like I generally do for physical, you know, make sure that my my physical health is in good shape. Lab results lab results came back pretty good, but my A1C count was high. Credit, I had just gotten over a a viral infection um right after right after Christmas, like that first, you know, yeah, the last week of December. And you know, I was home from work and everything, and we had the Arctic blast here in the Midwest, and I ended up with a uh, a slight viral infection that kind of knocked me out for a couple of days. And I went to the doctor the following, you know, like that Wednesday, I believe, and I went for my checkup, and I got my lab results back a few weeks later, and they said my A1C count was high. Now, for those who were not familiar with a1c count that is your uh your blood sugar levels and with the if being in the african-american community uh hypertension and uh, diabetes run very high in our community so my a1c count was is board was borderline uh diabetic and I had asked myself, I was like, this is the first time that, you know, that it's been high after all, I mean, after all the years I've been going to the doctor, getting physicals and whatnot, this was the first time it was, it's been high. So I've been watching what I eat, make sure I get adequate sleep and drinking a lot of water and making sure I can, my body consumes nutrients and vitamins like it's supposed to. I go back in April for another follow-up to see if my a1c counts got better i don't i'm not looking forward to going but lord willing the a1c count that particular day was just a fluke because i was i was a little beside myself and it played with my mental health a little bit because i'm already under medication for my anxiety and depression and taking another medication for an element that i know is very well documented in my family it's it's a little worrisome right now 
but pray praise be to God that I will come out on come out victorious and my A1C count is back to normal. Also, I've been dealing with, you know, some things in my personal life as well. You know, life happens. You know, things happen and it makes you sit down and and ground yourself a little bit. Been dealing with, you know, people, you know, but then within a certain radius that everybody's is ever ever so concerned about my whereabouts and well being. I got I'm doing fine. I'm doing okay. And I'm maintaining. I'm not out here sowing wild oats. I'm not out here, you know, creating unknown warranted drama. I'm not out here getting in trouble with law enforcement. And people love to talk about me because it makes them, you know, it makes them feel good. It's pretty bad when people in, you know, within your family to some extent, you know, want to say some things and about you and and they don't really know the facts. They just talk and just be talking and they don't know all the details. I've been doing a lot better mentally, emotionally. It comes and goes. I'll say that much. I have my days. I'm, I'm not afraid to admit that. But when people start saying stuff that's not true, the best form of retaliation for me to use against them is silence. Reason why? The less they know about me, the better I feel. You can speculate and say all you want to say. But guess what? You don't know the truth. That's how I like it. I'm a silent. I'm a silent as a, I'm a ninja. A silent assassin to a degree. No pun intended. I I had the first code of being a ninja is silence. Because the loudest person in the room is the one that's scared. But the one that's quiet in the room is the one you want to look out for. I have that ninja-like mentality to a degree. I'm always alert. My eyes are constantly I'm a few steps ahead of everybody else. You know, if you watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I'm guilty of that, you listen to the Master Splinter, he was dropping some bars in some of those movies. If you really listen, the first art of the first code of the first code of being a ninja is silence. And that stuck with me for a number of years because as I've gotten older, the less verbal the less verbal I am, the better I feel, the more it keeps people speculating because they can't keep up with what's going on in my life. Some people didn't care when I was going through a mental health crisis, a mental health breakdown, going through the anxiety and depression and everything that was going on in our world. Some people cared and some people didn't. Some people in my family was like, okay, go go get the help that you need. While some of the others who I really talked to from maybe once in a blue moon, they were speculating like something was really wrong with me. Like it was a serious element that I wasn't going to be able to get over. 
rumors flew left and right. Everybody was in uproar because they didn't see me, didn't hear from me. I was like, I'm doing fine. Like, let me where is you at whenever I was going through all this? I get out on my own, get a better job, start doing good for myself. Then everybody wanted to start running, trying to find out every little bit of piece of information about me that they could. I'm in school online. I'm doing a lot better with that. I'm going through my my therapy still. I've got an academic coach for school. That's going really well. And I'm back doing what I love to do, which is sports talk right here on this podcast. I want to give a big, big thank you to my grid teammates, my podcast brothers. I love y'all. If nobody told y'all today, a lot of you guys, um, I'm thankful for you all. Uh, Barry, Ryan, Bryson, uh, Mike Guido, Cowboys can fan, uh, Alfred. I love you guys because to be a part of this network is special. I've been keeping up with what's going on in the world of sports and I felt that it was time to come back and bring the chaos for you all. I've been working on some other uh, stuff for the podcast for future projects. That's coming soon. Um, I'm just thankful for you all. My, my grid teammates, I love y'all with every ounce of energy in my, my heart and soul. You guys are the best. I'm very um, blessed to be a part of this network and where it's going here very soon. I'm very excited. You guys are putting out some phenomenal content and it's inspired me. It's given me the juice that I need to push the podcast game forward and help grow our brand in general. I'm excited and I'm not going to take this opportunity for granted because you all, we all believe in one another and what we can do and what each of us bring to the table. That's a blessing in itself. And to Mello, who works behind the scenes and has his own podcast, shout out to Mello, who's our our editor-in-chief, who you know puts the blogs out and whatnot. So if you haven't checked his blogs out, check him out on, on the Grib web page. But other than that, ladies and gentlemen, as I always say, that's all the chaos for tonight. I just want to say thank you to Everybody who's took time to listen and everybody who's been a part of this journey from start to finish. I'm going to do a little, uh, just do a little quick shout out before I leave, you know, on the show. Get the uh, background music playing here. All right. Just want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight to the Chaotic Sports Podcast right here on the grid. Make sure you like, share, comment, subscribe on to the grid on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you may listen to your podcast. Also, check us out on YouTube as well. The page is growing. The content's getting it's getting there, y'all. It's getting we're 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 pushing out the content. So if you haven't 
subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do. And also, make sure you take care of your mental, physical, emotional, and intimate health. Use your resources to seek help if you need it. Get with your primary care provider and they can get you in the right direction. I thank God for all of you for taking time out to listen tonight. Most importantly, I want to give a special shout out to my niece and nephew, the prince and princess of Chaotic. I love y'all. And most importantly, the biggest one of them all is to my mom, my biggest supporter through the ups, the downs, the the shortcomings, the disappointments, setbacks, everything that I've been through, she's been there for me through the good, the bad, the ugly, the dark, you name it. I'm very blessed and fortunate to have you three in my life. And I wouldn't be where I am today without y'all. My niece and nephew are the biggest inspiration for this this podcast. My mom is probably my biggest cheerleader. I'm trying not to get emotional saying it, but if you got a mother and she's in your corner, tell her you love her every day because tomorrow's not promised. I love my mom without my heart and soul. I do. To be the oldest of two and just being there for her. She's been there for me through a lot of turmoil. There's not too many days that go by that I don't that I don't sit back and say, Lord, I thank you. Cause I should have been elsewhere. Despite losing, you know, close friends throughout life, people who were big influences in my life growing up, and to be where I'm at right now, an online college student, I've got a pretty good job, and I'm a part of a podcast network. If you told me this a few years ago, I probably looked at you and said, yeah, right. I would have. But things happen for a reason. And life has a way of teaching you and showing you things in order to make you grow as a person. Like a butterfly. A caterpillar turns into a butterfly and evolves into a beautiful, delicate species. The only thing that can hold the the butterfly back is the wind. Because those wings are not real strong. But if you find that steadiness with the, with the wind. And you get it underneath your wings. You can fly. Life is about evolvement. As a human being. You start out as, a, as an infant. You start out as a as a uh, infant. You start out in the womb I should say. Come through the birth canal. 
You're brought into the world by your mother. She nourishes you and raises you. There's things that a woman can't teach. A mother can't teach her son. But you should always take into hindsight a woman's perspective from her eyes. And that's something that I've been able to do the last 18 years or so since I was, you know, 18 years old is understand a woman's perspective through her eyes. Now, as for a lot of things that are going on in our world, none of us have the answer. Nobody's perfect. It's trial and error. But at the end of the day, if we can wake up to see another one that God allows us to see, it's a blessing. I often believe that we're put on this earth for a purpose. If you don't find your purpose, you're just wasting air, as the late Nipsey Hussle, uh, Nipsey Hussle once said. You have to find your purpose in life. What is the purpose? What is what is something that drives you? Success is what drives me. Ambition. Pushing the limits in the envelope in order to become better. I've been through a lot. I've dealt with anxiety, depression. I've even thought about what my life would be like. And what, what, what would other people's life be like without me? That just goes to show you that I'm an imperfect individual and I have flaws and there's nothing wrong with that. I do believe in the power and a higher power and the mighty power of God and I'm a man of faith and I do believe that there is an afterlife once we, we leave this earth. We must do all we can to leave an impact and legacy for others. This podcast, everything that I do for on school work, my career moving forward, is from my niece and nephew. Most importantly, so my mother can see her oldest son become somebody that everybody counted out all along. When everybody around me was getting their accolades and their flowers for doing their for doing you know good in school everybody forgot about me I was kind of pushed to the back burner but as I got older it fueled me because the same ones that were going to be above me are now beneath me that's not a slight on them that's just how how reality how, how life went for them. They were on cloud nine. While I was on the back burner. I was behind the scenes. Nobody cared. What I had going on. As far as you no know, good stuff. You know I wasn't. Like all in who's who. And all that stuff. That wasn't me. I was a shy introverted kid. By, by design. But my mom always reminded me. All those times people. Failed to give me. To, act, to give me the flowers that I deserved, I'm going to get my flowers one way or another. They may not come in the form of the way people feel that they should come, but I'm going to get my flower. My seeds were planted 
long time ago in fertile soil. And I'm going to be able to, and she's going to be able to see those flowers fully bloom one way or another. I also want to thank one of my cousins. She's a big supporter as well. She's been more like at best my best friend and like a sister-like figure to me, even though we're, we're cousins, we're first cousins. We've been through a lot together, and I'm I'm proud to say that I am happy to say that I'm proud of her, of the young woman that she's becoming as well. She's becoming a very successful young woman, and I give her flowers daily to say how to say how much I'm proud of her. Becoming more than just you know. Be a part of the of of the of this whole genre of you know being like everybody else. We've been through some some things throughout life, and we've been there for one another, for mutual support and moral support. I thank God for her as well, and she knows how much I genuinely have all the love in my heart from as her big cousin my niece and nephew from the time they was a year old in six weeks to now it's been chaotic but we're just getting started i hope and pray for the best turn of events my niece is 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 the heartbeat for me she's my little heartbeat just just knowing that I have a strong bond with her and a connection and knowing that regardless of where I go in life, I'm always going to be Uncle Pat to her, regardless of what people say, because of what I mean to her as an uncle, as a father-like figure in her life at the age of five years old. And I've, I've took a lot of pride in doing the very best that I can to be a good uncle and a good son a, a good team member all that stuff above because one way or another they're going to reap the benefits this this life that I'm working on at the career will be dedicated to them it's all for them this is not for this is not for popularity contests or anything like that. They know what's up. Because at the end of the day, they know that Uncle Pat's going to be the same regardless of where he goes in life. I'm not going to forget about where I came from. Success means nothing if you don't have the right people around you to lift you up in times of sorrow, trial, and triumph. Because as we've seen, people have... Their inner circles, but when it goes bad, everybody disappears. But those true friends that you call brothers and sisters are going to be there for you and ride with you to the end. However it may end. If you fall, get back up. If you come in second place, strive to get to finish first. That's the ambition 
that I have moving forward. This is who I am. This is who Patrick L. Brown is. This is who I am. I don't have to fake my personality in order to get people to like me. And some people think, because I don't say a whole lot, that makes me arrogant. I'm not arrogant. I just see and view things differently. With that being said, that is all the chaos for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for taking time out to listen. I pray you have a wonderful evening. Have a good start to your week. Stay safe out there. Tell somebody you love them. And I don't know what keeps coming to mind. I had this last, last thought before I get up out of here. Stay safe. May God keep you shielded, protected from all hurt, harm, and danger. Until the next episode, ladies and gentlemen. This is Patrick Brown signing off from the Chaotic Sports Podcast. Have a blessed night. Peace out. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.